Okay. <laughs> Somebody got to the equipment before <laughs> us. I'd like it on the record that that was not an I'm gonna, active choice. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever podcast does not have any licensing <laughs> agreement with Burger King, <laughs> nor do we own the Whopper or any affiliated product. No, we do not. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Whatever Podcast with me, the certified funniest man in the whole wide world, Charlie Stone. <laughs> Every day with this. <laughs> this episode is going to be a little different, uh, as you can already tell, because A, we have a guest. And B, it's way less structured than it usually is. Uh, this episode also contains discussion of horror movies and the frankly horrific actions within. So if you're not into discussions of horror, horror film <laughs> and gore, uh, this, <laughs> this episode may not be for you. Uh, we're going to get campy. Today's guest is uh, an all-around scholar, but also a scholar of horror films and the characters within. Uh, he is also my roommate slash one of my best friends, Lucas. Hello. <laughs> Introduce yourself. I'm Lucas. I'm an all-around scholar and scholar <laughs> of horror movies and villains. <laughs> I'm also Charlie's roommate and one of his best friends. Hello. <sighs> you know what I meant, and that wasn't it. Well... <laughs> you didn't give me parameters, and so I did what I felt I had to. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. So, uh... I feel the... like we've set the tone <laughs> accurately. Yes. <laughs> the, uh... The parameters of this are... Th thank you. We are... <laughs> we're going to be comparing and contrasting, uh characters from classic horror movies as in 70s 80s a little bit into the 90s uh versus modern horror movie villains as in the 21st century or a little bit before um and we have six matchups so however long this takes is however long we're going to be doing it but i know you have to be somewhere so we'll we'll try to keep it moving we'll be fine uh okay the first the first matchup the Battle of the Creepy Killer Dolls. We have uh, one of the most famous killer dolls in media, uh, Chucky, from uh, he, coming in at two foot four. Uh, <laughs> he's he's been in seven or eight movies with a reboot and a you know new movie here and there. One of them played by Mark Hamill, yes. which is interesting. Um, Charles Lee Ray was a serial killer running from the law. He was killed, but not before he used some questionable voodoo magic to put his soul into a good guy doll. Uh, this doll was given to a boy, and Ray is convinced that he can kill Andy and switch their souls and become a, a boy or something. Uh, <laughs> he tries sure. to do this. <laughs> he tries to do this for like eight movies, mm -hmm. and he never succeeds. I don't know why he keeps trying. Uh he also got married to yeah. the soul of a lady. Who also conveniently wanted to switch bodies with a child. So, you know, <laughs> interests aligned. It was great. A match made in heaven, right. truly. Well, heaven, maybe <laughs> not. But uh, She trapped herself in a doll. Uh, and then they had a kid who's also a doll, sort of. 
Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the movies, all of them, uh, and I don't really want to no. <laughs> because <laughs> they don't all seem good. Of all of the franchises that we are looking at in this episode, it is the least appealing to me. They all <laughs> seem just sort of campy, like like maybe someone thought it was a good idea in the 80s and they should have made like one movie and now there are eight and I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to back a person who is consistently on giant 4XL t-shirts you can get from Walmart? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's an inherently negative quality. <laughs> I'm just looking at indicators and that seems to be an indicator of the kind of person slash figure slash doll thing that Chucky is that I don't necessarily want to be that close with. <laughs> you, have, you have Chucky shirts over here, and then right next to it is like Cookie Monster mm -hmm. with, with a gun, and he's like, I eat these streets or mm -hmm. whatever. And then you've got just like basic Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. down, the down the line. It, it's a it's a weird world. <laughs> uh, abilities, the abilities of this little guy. Uh, he has the proportional strength of a man, even though he's a little doll, so he can kill folks. You've got an Ant Man esque figure on Ant -Man, our hands. Yeah, uh, he's small. He can get in vents and uh, r scamper around. <laughs> uh, he's seemingly immortal, like a lot of yeah. people on this list. Uh, and he also has a wife and child with him that also kill. Okay, this is going to be a big recurring theme of this episode. To what extent are, like, sidekick backup characters at play? Well, I think if if they're part of the character, if they've become part of the character, I think that they can be considered okay. for, for the death battles. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't know as much about Chucky as some of these other <laughs> ones, but I feel like... Mrs. Chucky and Chucky Jr. are pretty well established in the... From an outsider's perspective, they seem pretty well established in the lore at this point. <laughs> yeah. They didn't come around until, like, movie five or six. Right. Something like that. And by that time, you know... The people who wanted to stay with Chucky were going to stay yeah. with him at that point. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Something else that I've uh, factored into these is the kill count from mm. their movies and reboots and stuff. Uh, Chucky, can you guess how many he's had? I'm gonna go in the 30s. Higher than that. Higher than that. Okay. Yeah. That's he's surprising. had eight movies. That's surprising. Um, well, I just again they seem sort of campy. I feel like not as much happens in the Chucky movies. Yeah. So, but it's pretty straightforward. Okay, if it's higher than 30s, 50. 50 is exactly right. Okay. Uh, from the sources that I found. Okay. That's a surprising amount. I know. Does that incorporate Mrs. and Junior? Uh, on the things that they helped with, not their solo stuff. Okay, so really we're looking at 50 plus if we're dealing with all three of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Junior, I think he's sort of a pacifist. Oh, that's because good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not in the context of this. It's not going to work out for Chucky. No. But it's nice to see some uh, some well-roundedness in the Chucky. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, the wife is full in. Well, yeah. She's she's a psychopath for sure. sure. Um, okay, weaknesses. This is also something that we're factoring Children. in. Children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chucky's been killed several times. 
like a melted shot stabbed. <laughs> Me. Okay. Well, oh no. <laughs> Moving on. Oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he had his like head shot off in the first film, cool. and he's had like molten plastic dumped on him, mm-hmm. which which was real freaky. I watched that one. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> He seems like he has a lot of weaknesses because because he's just a little guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, when you can when you can field goal him, <laughs> I mean, he's got that against him. Okay, so we've covered Chucky. Now, who he's fighting? Coming in at one foot six. <laughs> she's been in three solo movies, and she's had four other appearances in the franchise. Annabelle, the haunted doll from the mm-hmm. Conjuring series. Uh, the original doll was possessed by a spirit called Annabelle, supposedly. And this one is rare because she's actually based on a real thing. The The haunted doll Annabelle is supposedly a real thing. Right. Um, well, that's the Conjuring versus whole thing, right? Is yeah. that all of the movies are quote-unquote real events. Yes. And there are liberties taken, well, obviously. Sure. To make them better movies, yeah. Because if it was just the real events, it would be very boring. Yeah, those are called documentaries. We don't. Yeah. There aren't whatever podcast episodes on documentaries, is what I'll say there. <laughs> At least not to my knowledge. I I use some documentary stuff for the big. Well, sure, one. but I feel like we're not doing a documentary battle. No, 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 no. At any point. No. Bowling for Columbine versus. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, <laughs> although ancient aliens might make a great <laughs> oh, something, man, I, I would base it heavily on that, except for that there's no real evidence. Yeah, <laughs> that was sort of the strike against him at the time as well. <laughs> okay, uh, the Annabelle doll doesn't really speak or move; mm-hmm. she just kind of looks freaky. Um, Which but, much freakier in the movies than it. That's one of the liberties that they take in the movies is that the doll. Yeah is way creepier yeah. in the Hollywood version. It's just like a Raggedy Ann doll that's supposedly possessed and in the Warren Museum. Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy are sort of inherently creepy. True. On their own. But not but, this creepy. Yeah. Cosmetically, she looks evil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the spirit wants to cause harm. The doll itself doesn't really. There's a spirit attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly... The spirit is able to cause problems with cars, which is what it does a lot, uh, leading to several near deaths and fatal crashes. Um, that can't be proved that it was Annabelle, but like they were like, ah ha ha, the doll can't touch me, doll right. can't hurt me, and then they die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so her abilities: she can teleport, she can levitate, standard demon stuff, uh, and she has like telekinesis and spooky mind things um her kill count is technically none um (laughs) because i couldn't really because everything in the conjuring versus kill count is technically none but a lot of people die (laughs) a lot of people die through ghost activity or happenstance right um now her weaknesses the actual doll can be locked in a box with some biblical writing and it sort of calms down, mm. and you're not supposed to touch the box or open the box because then the spirit can get out. Uh, and so the spirit is attached to the doll, 
I don't know if the doll could be destroyed and the spirit is like let loose into the ether well, or something. So in the Annabelle movie, especially in the uh, it's the third one, but it's the prequel, hmm. the origin, whatever they called it. They try at the end of that movie to like burn and bury it, and it just it, it's back by the time that the original Annabelle happens. Dang. So, eh, probably not. Uh, have you seen the first one? Yes. Is it attached somehow to the Manson family? Is that sort of so? Like, it's it's mainly attached to the doll, but as it spends time with the family, it impacts them. And then, so like, you've got a greater sense of fear that sort of takes over the house, and the doll gains power through the impact that it has on the family. Oh, so okay. it doesn't like attach itself to them, but it draws power from its impact that it has on them. Okay. Uh, so, the scenario. It's the <laughs> it's the Warren Museum where they have all this demon paraphernalia oh, no. and stuff, and there's like a little rattling in the vents. Rattle, 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 rattle. And then... That's really good. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and then the vent falls down to the floor, and oh no... It's a little guy. Oh, man. And he's looking for demon paraphernalia. Why does that little guy sound like Mark Hamill, kind of? <laughs> so he's going through, and he's like, oh, a box that says, do not touch. I wonder what that is. And so he opens the box, and uh-oh, there's a little killer doll in there. Annabelle, uh, what happens after that? I Personally. So this is the scenario for the fight. Yeah. Okay. Personally, I feel that Chucky has a distinct advantage because he can move and stuff. True. And Annabelle's doll doesn't really move. It doesn't move, but um, if it's ha if this is happening in the Warren Museum, yeah, that's a significant boost to Annabelle because she knows the Warren Museum. She was like one of the first things to go in there, and she's seen how it has grown since then. Yeah. I feel like if. She she's able to use that if the thing attached to her is able to use that knowledge this becomes a much more chaotic fight because <laughs> like crooked man pops up and the umbrella ghost pops up and maybe you get La Llorona in there because, because you just got like things are being knocked off of yeah. shelves and suddenly guys are popping so Chucky's in hot water if that <laughs> is what happens I'm, I'm thinking that the, the spirit like picks him up and throws him into like a ghost portal or something that sends them <laughs> to hell. Also possible. You know, I don't really know everything that the Warrens have in there, so there are a lot of X factors that we can't speak yeah. for. But we can make them up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, they I, took artistic liberties. So. <laughs> I don't think that Chucky is able to hurt a demonic entity because no. it's, an, it's an entity that doesn't really show itself at all. Right. So, I assume that it starts out as Chucky, and then he's like, oh, man, I'm getting crushed. Whistles and two other dolls fall out of the vent. That's what I'm picturing in my head. And I don't know how much of a help they will be since they're basically, like, they have the same powers as he does. Yeah. But two more has to make a difference to some extent. Two more should make a difference, but I think that ultimately the scary invisible demon yeah. can pick them up and like crack their yeah. head or whatever. I'm going to give this one dolls. to Annabelle okay. because, I mean, just basic premise, it's human serial killer. Yes, if 
invincible, immortal yeah. human serial killer versus demon. I'm going to give it to the demon. I think that's fair. Uh, just because she's never really been beaten. She's just yeah. been contained. Right. Um, Whereas in several of the Chucky movies, like it ends with him being beaten. Like, yes, he's going to come back in the next one, but he's like done. Yeah. And that never really happens to Annabelle. No. Okay. Round one is over. The winner is Annabelle. Okay. Neat. Uh, this is such a weird idea. <laughs> <laughs> We're in it now. We've already done one. <laughs> uh, match number two, uh, coming in at six, one and a half, probably 180 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> or so. He's not a, he's not a big guy. Uh, Norman Bates with four mm. movies, a reboot, and a series, Bates Motel, which mm. I've never seen. But I've come into the room when my dad is watching it, and it seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen the original Psycho, and I've seen the more recent reboot movie. With Vince Vaughn. Yes. <laughs> weird choice, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and in both of those, Norman's strength is in his, like... He sees everything differently. And because he's such a weird, creepy dude, he's able to outsmart you because he's on a totally different track. Than yeah. You. So his mind goes where yours never would. Right. Uh, Norman Bates owned a hotel with his mother, uh, who he was a little too close to, I think, mm -hmm. is, is part of the backstory. Uh, during the film, he appears like a timid, muttering guy who loves taxidermy, which is an early warning sign. Yeah. If you're ever meeting somebody and they're like, yeah, I'm I'm really into taxidermy. <laughs> like, uh, once again, we don't want to make judgments off of one trait. We're just looking for indicators. Yeah. That seems like a pretty big one. That's a warning sign. Yeah. If he loves stuffing animals with, like, sawdust. Not ideal. Not ideal. But he could be a good guy. We don't know. Yeah. Um, this one's not. Norman's not a yeah, good guy. Yeah, it, it for just the so happens. <laughs> uh... The audience is led to believe that Norman's mother is the one who's hurting women in the base motel, but it's actually Norman who's developed a fractured psyche, uh, and it's half uh, a character that he's created that is his mother, mm. who has died. Uh, and he has taxidermied her body, and it's just in the house. Just, just there. Just there. <laughs> Which is not ideal, uh, mm -hmm. folks. If your if your mother dies, uh, God forbid, bury her, <laughs> <laughs> do or not, do something that's do not, not keeping her body in your not. home. <laughs> maybe maybe you can have an urn with her ashes. That's fine. Something but respectful. Do not put her nice. in a chair, <laughs> <laughs> and do not have that chair ominously swivel. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Uh, he, <laughs> Norman's responsible for one of the most influential kills in all of horror movie, the shower scene, mm -hmm. uh, with the, with the music that makes you, uh, ooh, makes you sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Hitchcock certainly, certainly thought so, so we'll go with that. Oh, I'm sweaty. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> we only got five more. Uh, so his abilities that he can bring to the table, uh, ghost mom, 
his acting skills because mm-hmm. he can lead you to believe that he's a little he's a little wimpy dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has voice mimicry because in the movie he's like shouting at his mother who is just him and his mother is shouting back and it's a completely different voice. Sort of a Smeagol Gollum thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his intelligence. He's a smart guy mm. uh, even though he is very, very weird. Mm. He's also surprisingly strong. Like I remember from the first movie both in the infamous shower scene and in the scene where he's like getting rid of her body later he's like weirdly strong for his build. Yeah. Like he, he's he's much more intimidating physically than he looks like at first glance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> in all four movies, the reboot and the series, I didn't count the series in the reboot, I don't mm. think, uh, but he has about 11 kills mm. uh, between the original series. Uh, now weaknesses, he's bad under pressure. He's not a great yeah. liar when police come to the door. Uh, from the first movie. I haven't seen the rest of the right. the series. Um, he has to listen to Mommy, which <laughs> which could okay. hurt him during a fight. <laughs> <laughs> and in the original series, or the original movie, um, when he is detained by the guy that comes to rescue mm-hmm. the, the lady at the end, uh, he's sort of snapped out of his mother persona, right. and he's sort of incapacitated. Right. Because he has to be like, oh, I'm not mommy. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> which hurts his little brain. Yeah. It just generally, from the two that I've seen and what I've read about <laughs> the rest of the uh, Norman Bates stuff, um, he's very bad under pressure, as you've said, and he becomes much more chaotic when backed into a corner. So yeah. when he knows you're on to him or when he knows that he's beaten – he just starts trying whatever he can think of to try and get out of the corner, and usually that's how they get him because it doesn't work well. I, f- I also feel like the Vince Vaughn version of Norman would be much more dangerous. Oh, yeah. Because he's as tall as me. He's yeah. six foot five, and he's he's I feel like he's built better mm-hmm. than uh, what's his face? I can't think of his name. Uh, I mean, the, the guy. The that, original one? Yeah. Yeah. The I guy that played him. Uh, okay, now up against Norman is uh, coming in at six foot even, so he's a little bit smaller. Uh, he's only been in one movie, but he has but been. What a film! <laughs> what a film! Uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Um, he's your stere- stereotypical Sigma male, uh-huh. uh, whatever that means. And he's he's been the basis for several popular memes since the film goal gained cult status, yeah. um, kind of lately within yeah, the last, last ten years, two or three years. Uh, he's a dangerously deranged individual. Whether he acts on his impulses or not, he loves Huey Lewis uh, and business cards, but is also obsessed with how he looks and what he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bateman kills several people on screen, but because of his bundle of neurological issues such as narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial behavioral disorder, we can't really be sure if he does kill those people or not because in the end of the film, he is calling to confess to his lawyer that he has killed these people and they are acting like he doesn't, they don't know what he's talking about. Right. So this could all have been a delusion. I've also heard before, and this may be totally unsubstantiated, but I've heard before that Willem Dafoe, who plays the detective that is sort of 
like kind of friends with Bateman, but also trying to sniff him out or try and figure out what's going on with these murders. Um, that Willem Dafoe, who portrays that character, over the course of filming, filmed different scenes as if he knew that Bateman was the killer or as if he didn't know or as if he had no idea that there were killings happening at all. Yeah. And then they spliced them together. So even in the movie, you've got like, are there killings happening? How implicated is Bateman? Is Bateman at all involved in this or is he the murderous psycho that you're seeing happen on on screen? And no one, including Bateman at the end, really knows. Yeah. Which kind of makes it worse. Because, like, on the one hand, cool if you didn't kill a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Also, why were you fantasizing about killing a bunch (laughs) of people? So, either way, he's definitely an American psycho. He's a dangerous person either way. Uh, He has the... Even if he didn't kill those people, he has the potential to. Yes. Um, It's very clear that he has the means to and the ability to. His abilities include uh, strength, speed, intelligence... Beautiful skin, frankly, Overall, because Sigma of his. <laughs> and he also has a lot of money because mm-hmm. he's a banker on Wall Street. Um, his kill count, he has 16 on screen during the movie, but he confesses to his lawyer between 20 and 40. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. <laughs> so either zero or 16 or 20 to 40. Yeah. Uh, Do with that information <laughs> what you will. His weaknesses are his pride, uh, his fractured mind. Mm-hmm and business cards because if you <laughs> if you hand him a business card that is prettier than his he'll have a meltdown mm. anything that's like an insult to his intelligence or skill is just like incapacitated by yes him. yes he is that off-white color <laughs> <laughs> he's even got a watermark <laughs> uh he he's also played by christian bale which gives him some points in my mind true. because what an actor true he's so good in that role Anthony Perkins is who I was thinking That's of. That's right. Plays Norman Bates. Yeah. Uh, so Both of them are great. Yes, I'm going to give Bale the edge of the okay. two of them. The scenario, Patrick Bateman is driving through Arizona, right? It it's, it's west. Arizona, I think it's California. Like Arizona, Nevada, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, and his car breaks down near a little hotel and the spookiest looking house on a hill <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. And with this one chair in the window that rocks real weird like there's an old lady in the window I wonder what she is up to uh, not much uh, so if if Patrick was in like one of the hotel rooms mm. and he was taking a shower or something who would who would win mm-hmm. if if like it was on Norman's home turf and he had the advantage. Right. So I'm thinking usually Norman preys on people that he views as weaker than him. Yeah. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't go for Bateman, but he's anticipating because of his past an easy win. Like he's not seeing that this guy will stand up to him. Bateman's going to stand up to him because he's insane. Um <laughs> And when that happens, Norman's world's going to be rocked. Like, he usually just goes in there and stabs and is done. Yeah. And this guy, like, also has a weirdly large knife and is also super strong and doesn't really want to get stabbed. (laughs) 
I, I feel like That's the, weird. the edge Norman would have is the element of surprise. True. So if he showed up dressed like his mother, I feel like Patrick would be taken off guard. True. At least for a moment, because that happens in the first film, right. like the private detective. That's his. That's his modus operandi. Is yeah. that he's dressed as his mom. Yeah. Uh, the de- the detective gets taken off guard, and right. that leads to his doom right. ultimately. But I think that Patrick is just stronger and more chaotic, mm-hmm. maybe, um, than Norman. So I'm inclined to give it to Patrick. Yeah. The thing about it is that. What makes these two a good match is that they're both incredibly intelligent and incredibly unhinged. Yeah. Like, they they were both a balance of skill and the ability to use that skill while also, like, deep-seated perversion that causes them to use it very badly for yeah. other people. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I'm with you that I'll give it to Bateman because of... Like, they're both going to throw each other off guard. Yeah. But of the two of them, Bateman is more able to get back on his feet when thrown off guard. It's when yeah. Norman is, like, jostled or put in an uncomfortable situation that he starts to crack. And Bateman will get back on his feet faster. I think you're right. I think uh, we have to give this one to Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Yep. Way to go. That's two for the modern movies. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's Yikes. not looking good for our classics, but mm-hmm. there are some matchups later on that yeah. might tip the scales. Um, <clears throat> all right. The battle of two urban legend killers uh, coming in at six foot five. Uh, he's, he's a big guy. Uh, three movies and one reboot. Uh, the Candyman. What do, you, what do you know about The Candyman? Not much. It's between Chucky and The Candyman for the one that I know the least about in all of these. I will confess this is the only entry in the episode that I have seen none of the movies for. Um, He likes candy. (laughs) No. (laughs) He doesn't like that you know about him, that's for sure. So I've stayed away. That's that's what I'll say. (laughs) So I'm no dummy. Daniel Robite was a slave who was lynched for having an interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, he was covered in honey and stung by like a billion bees. Mm-hmm. And a kid was standing by and he said, Candy Man, because he was all covered in honey. You know, uh, that's where he got his name. Uh, since then, if someone says Candy Man five times into the mirror, then he shows up and he has a hook for a hand for some reason and he gets you with his hook or his legion of bees that are always covering him. Cool. Um, and the bees in the movie were not fake. Like, he was covered in real bees. Now, that's commitment. And he had, like, a, uh, I was doing research for this. He had a mouthpiece in his mouth, and they would fill his mouth with bees, but usually they couldn't Ooh. get past the mouthpiece, but sometimes they did. And so, like, he'd just have a bee crawling around in the back of his mouth, and they'd finish takes, and he'd just, like, start spitting out bees. <laughs> and they were baby bees, too. Like, they'd just been born, so yeah. their stingers weren't as big, and they weren't as inclined to sting. Right. But, like, his, his entire torso and his face were, like, covered in bees. Neat. Which is horrifying, <laughs> frankly. If I saw someone with, like, a beard of bees coming toward me, I... 
first of all, yeah, I, the hook isn't really anything compared to no. the legion of bees. That's what's gonna get me. And they're ghost bees too. I don't think they're alive. <laughs> if you get stung by a ghost bee, what happens? Does the ghost bee still die? Or does the ghost bee just get another stinger? Or is it just done with you? Like it's a one and done thing. I that's a great I mean, question. It doesn't really matter since he has like several thousand of them. Yeah, it, he has so many bees. <laughs> Uh, he loves hypnotizing and romancing women that he wants to be ghost lovers with. Uh, the The premise of the first movie was he would show up to this woman and be like, it's awesome being an immortal ghost that shows up when you say their name in the mirror. How about you die and we can do that together? And she was like, no, I'm good. And <laughs> <laughs> but As any sensible person would do. <laughs> she dies anyway and becomes an immortal ghost mm. that, you know, shows up if you say your name in the mirror anyway so eh. you know you win some you lose some <laughs> i feel like that's a pretty big loss um <laughs> so his abilities uh number one i have bees uh <laughs> wow weird <laughs> number two End i have of list <laughs> <laughs> uh mirror travel and mm. number three i have hook hand uh, because that's the way he kills a, it's a lot of people. pretty basic premise. Yeah, yeah. That's the way he kills a lot of people. He gets them with the hook hand. Yeah. Uh, his kill count between the three movies and the reboot um, are about 33. Okay. 33 people. Um, his weaknesses. Candyman dies in every single movie that <laughs> he's been in, but he's then he comes back. Uh, it's he... tough out here, man. <laughs> He was he was killed in a fire in the first one. Mm. Uh, they broke a magic mirror in the second one that sure. held his spirit. And the th in the third one, he was connected to a bunch of paintings of him and his former lover uh, from when he died. And so they they destroyed the paintings. And so he died in that one too. And so so it's it's kind of left up in the air as to whether he'll ever come back or whatever. That is impressive on the writer's part like coming up with three separate ways to supposedly eternally do away yeah. with the candy man apparently the first two movies were okay and then the third one was a complete piece of garbage i don't uh, know any other trilogies <laughs> like that <laughs> uh you mean most of them yeah uh, <laughs> uh okay on the other side at five foot seven she's your favorite creepy little girl always covered in water for some reason yeah. uh she's got three movies and a short film it's samara morgan from the ring uh she was a gifted child who could do stuff with her mind like imprint messages on people's brains which i can see how that would be annoying mm -hmm. uh to have a little girl staring at you and then you see i don't know well like a giraffe yeah especially when you're on like she grows up on an island with a population of like a couple hundred people so <laughs> When everybody on your 200-person island is just, like, getting weird messages of the same thing, it's not great. No, I, I can't imagine it would be. Uh, her mom g got scared of her, I guess, yeah. and so she pushed her down a well. Yeah. Uh, which is why she's always... Hence the dampness. Always damp, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> since that time, she sort of, like, imprinted uh, on a VHS tape, I guess, uh, and if people watch it, 
they have seven days to pass along the VHS tape to make sure somebody else watches it or else she will crawl out of their TV and, and get you and <laughs> get you uh, in the most horrific way possible. Mm-hmm. But the trick, see, is that you don't know that's what you're supposed to do. Like you have you just get the phone call that says seven you have days. seven days, right. And that's it. You don't know that you're supposed to show it to someone else. And the first movie is like the process of the protagonist figuring out, like they try to appease her in like four different ways. And they finally figure out that, oh, we have to show this to other people. And the, like, existential horror aspect of the first movie is that it ends with uh, the protagonist saying, we need to show this to as many people as possible. And then you realize, oh, I watched the video. It was part of the movie. They showed it to me. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then the credits roll with, like, a phone ringing in the background you're like nah oh no nah and i thought my 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 thought before starting this is why don't you just like put your tv up against uh like a wall (laughs) or something so she can't get out but we got you now (laughs) it's it's shown in one of the movies where she like the the tv is face down on the ground and she like pushes up the TV yeah. and then crawls out of it that way. Mm. So that's that's off the list of mm. ways to defeat her. Well, uh, Samara basically becomes like the thing that her parents thought that she was because she starts. It's never said that she has like any sort of demonic entity or anything. Like it's implied that it's just a trait that she has, that she has ESP or something similar yeah, to yeah. that, and doesn't know how to control it because she's like six, um, and her parents see that and immediately go demon also bad for business because she's killing all of the horses on our island which (laughs) is our only export yeah and so they get rid of her and then she becomes like the thing that they were afraid of man parents man, crazy parents (laughs) uh so her abilities she can teleport she can like do that ghost blink thing where she's 10 feet away from you and then she goes two feet away from you yeah uh she has mind powers obviously bugs sometimes uh she she can do standard ghost stuff including crawling out of your television um her kill count is around 10 somewhere in that area um but they're horrific they're they're (laughs) so scary uh samara is sort of scared of water maybe a little bit since she drowned right to death uh and my thought is that if you watch the tape and then you put your TV on the edge of a building facing out, <laughs> then she crawls and then she falls off the building. But I don't know if that would work. Then can she ghost blink to behind you? Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> she probably can. Oh, yeah. man. So the only way to get rid of her is to pass on the VHS. Right. Which is upsetting. Yeah. I, 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 frankly, that seems immoral to me, unethical even. Well, you got to perpetuate yourself somehow. Yeah. Uh, so the scenario: uh, this stupid kid has <laughs> heard about both of these characters. This is just a really bad goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> R.L. Stein is just engaging in blatant copyright abuse <laughs> at this point. Uh. So he watches the tape, and then six days later, uh, 
right when he's about to get the final phone call and Samar is about to crawl out of his TV, he goes to the mirror and he says, Candyman, five times. And then they both show up at the same time. <laughs> so they have to fight over who gets to kill this yeah, child. Yeah. <laughs> and so the kid's just sitting back with like some popcorn. <laughs> and he's going to go out. I mean, you might as well make it entertaining. Uh, so my money's on Candyman just because he's so huge and the bees, but I don't know if he could like make contact with her because she's well that's the thing like if, just like a ghost if she touches you you're dead like the the, mm. the point at which you become like the horrific zombie monster thing that she turns you into when she kills you is if she can touch you so okay if she gets to him so really it's a matter of endurance on her part like how many bees can she walk through <laughs> Didn't think I'd say that today, but how many bees can she walk through to get to him? Which, if she can ghost blink, she may not have to walk through that. Oh, way. yeah, that's true. Hmm. But he's sort of a ghost, too. Right. So, is he. Can he become intangible, is the question. Right. Like, having. I, I haven't seen any of them. So, can he, like, phase through things or become intangible? Because if he can, I'm going to give it to Candyman. I'm not sure. If he can't, hmm. it's a lot harder. I, I I feel like Samara kills people who are already alive. So True. I don't know if her ghost touch thing would work on somebody who's already dead. Yeah. Like the Candyman. Yeah. Who is like an urban legend. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it to Candyman. Okay. Just based on his stature and his endurance and the bees. Mm. I think the bees are horrific. Big factor here, yeah. Big bee factor. <laughs> <laughs> it's also true that Samara gets a lot of her, not necessarily power, but her way of going about what she does is based on fear. Yeah. Like the whole thing is you perpetuate the video out of fear for yourself. I don't see Candyman getting scared by her. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a factor. Uh, he Plus, oh, he hasn't seen the video. The uh, that's kid true. watches it. That's true. So it doesn't really matter. She's not even thinking about Candyman. So, yeah, obviously Candyman. Okay, Candyman. That's that's one for the classics. Hey, nice. one classic, there two modern. Okay. Coming in at 5'9", looking like a burnt avocado. <laughs> with a hat with <laughs> uh, Freddy Krueger the classic dream killer fella uh, Frederick Charles Krueger was a child killer in a fictional town in Ohio and met his end when the townspeople burned him alive uh, that's why he looks like that several years later Freddy came back to haunt the dreams of the children in the town including Johnny Depp uh, he has squared off. <laughs> he yes. squared off against Dream Warriors and even our favorite hulking nightmare, Jason Voorhees, who we'll talk about later. Uh, Freddy gets the award for the most creative slash varied kills because of the whole dream thing. So he can just kill based on someone's psyche, and that's always unique. And a lot of the times, especially in the sequels, it gets really weird. <laughs> yes, like he turns into an animated character and stuff. Um, now, his abilities, 
he can dream walk, so like go from dream to dream, and basically you can't hit him in real life. Mm-hmm. It's it's in your dream. Uh, he's got his blade glove thing, iconic that he loves, uh, and he can basically read your mind because he's in your dream, so he can tailor your dream to your fears. Mm-hmm. And that's a big factor because uh, a lot of the ways that he kills is based on, like, dying of fear, right. I guess. Um, Freddy is... I have found that when I say or when I, like, talk about horror movie, the concept of what a horror movie is, that Freddy is one of the very first things that people picture. And he what he does and what he is is really kind of the perfect horror movie villain because you've got like a basic premise that you're working on but mm-hmm. also he can be so inventive in how he carries that premise out yeah. like what you said he adapts to whoever he's up against and can do a whole host of I mean it's like a dream he can do a whole host of things <clears throat> to do what he needs to do to win So he's got the perfect balance of we've got a basic premise that everybody sort of understands, but also zany, goofy ways of doing it. Yeah. And I've never seen the sequels, but I feel like they're very fun to watch with with friends. The first one is actually, like, if you divorce it from what Freddy Krueger has become, because he's sort of gotten to the point where he can be very easily spoofed, especially in the sequels. If you divorce the first movie from that and make it its own thing, actually really stands up as a good horror movie, even recently. Huh. But yes, in the in the sequels, they get a lot more campy with it, and it gets a lot more about like special effects rather than the actual scare factor. Yeah. So you do have that wing of the mythos in mind. Uh, his weaknesses. Wait, no. His kill count, uh, it's around 60. Uh, with all of his movies. It's about what I would have guessed. Um, his weaknesses, fire. He's, he's still sort of afraid of fire since mm-hmm. that's how he died. Um, and if you can drag him into the real world, he's much easier to fight yeah. um, because that's not his realm. Mm-hmm. He controls everything in the dreamscape, but if you can drag him into real life, he's done. Right. Um, and that more than fire is like when he's beaten in his movies, that's how they do it is by getting him out of the dream. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay. And Freddie is up against the six foot four. He's that tall. Yeah, man. I didn't know. That, <laughs> uh, that changes my idea. <laughs> <laughs> the six foot four nightmare. That is Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Uh, and we're not going to take into account Tim Curry's, iteration because we are doing the modern version but mad respect mad Love respect tim curry. tim curry is an excellent actor mm-hmm. um so pennywise has been in two films and a tv movie the one with tim curry mm-hmm. uh pennywise the dancing clown on the surface is one of those clowns who served as the basis for hundreds if not thousands of children's fears about clowns yep. um Deep down, though, it's much, much worse. Pennywise is actually an extra-dimensional entity that landed under the town of Derry, Maine, millions of years ago. Uh, It's been under the town far before it was established. Um, 
It emerges once every 27 years to kill and eat children and to feed off of the collective emotions of dairy. Uh, he also causes natural disasters like the Black Spot fire and the explosion at the factory in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and those are counted with his kill count, which I told you earlier is between 12,000 and 18,000 people over the 270-year history of dairy. He's got the highest. And he, it's not oh, close. it's not close. Um, the Black Spot Fire was uh, a nightclub that he trapped everyone in and mm -hmm. set fire to it, so hundreds of people died mm -hmm. during that. Um, his abilities. He can shapeshift. He is an emotional vampire, and he can manipulate emotions. Uh, and like Freddy, he can read your mind and tailor his appearance to your fears. Um, Which is why he's so often a clown. Yes, because people are inherently scared of clowns. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're creepy. Um, Especially the little kids, which are usually how he introduces himself. Exactly. He, he comes out friendly, but then he's really, really not. Yeah. Uh, his weaknesses, now this is interesting. The, the main way that he is defeated is because the kids stand up to him. They're not afraid of him. Mm -hmm. um, and also cosmic turtles. <laughs> <laughs> if you can bring a cosmic turtle into the picture, he's done. He's That's very tough. afraid. <laughs> he's very afraid of big turtles. Hard to crack those turtles. <laughs> uh, so the scenario... Freddy is done with that small town in Ohio, and he wants to go on a vacation. He needs to stretch his legs. <laughs> yeah. So he drifts through the dreamscape, and he ends up in Derry, Maine, just on... It happens that it's 27 years into the cycle. Mm. Uh, and so he has to battle Pennywise for the souls of these children and, and the fear that he feeds on this as well. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, I think it's going to be Freddy for me yeah. because he can easily not be afraid of Pennywise. When you, when you asked me to do this and you told me the lineups, this was the only one that I knew immediately. And it's because Freddy Krueger does not get scared. Unless no, he doesn't. you have like an insane amount of fire on you, he's, he's going to be stoic, nay, jovial in the <laughs> face of anything that could yeah. try and get him. And that's going to just absolutely undo Pennywise right, for, right out of the gate. I don't know if he could kill him, but he could certainly reduce him to that little baby Voldemort thing that he turns yep. into in yep. the second movie. It's going to be very clear who's in charge of Derry Maine. Once yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, which is a real shame because Pennywise is such a cool character, like a very cool idea. Yeah. But Stephen King, his endings are very usually not stellar yeah um and some of the villains in his most iconic books have sort of dumb weaknesses mm -hmm. um and so yeah i i think it's freddie by a mile just because he wouldn't be afraid right he'd laugh at pennywise and pennywise would be oh no <laughs> oh boy i can't do my thing now the end <laughs> <laughs> what a great story <laughs> I'm going to tell that one to my kids. <laughs> Stephen King, do we have the idea for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
a sequel starring <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Approximate length of eight pages. <laughs> it's a pamphlet, Mr. King. It is a pamphlet. I, I wrote it on Wattpad, but I can give you the rights. Technically, I probably should have anyway. <laughs> okay, the next, the next matchup is... Um, it's going to be harder for us to decide. It's, it's okay. He stands at either six foot or six foot nine, uh, <laughs> which is it's so preposterously huge. Uh, Michael I think, Myers. I don't think he could fit in our studio right now. He'd have a tough time. Yeah. And thank goodness. Because <laughs> I don't want him in here, frankly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers, he didn't really have some huge childhood drama that made him into an unstoppable killing machine. No, nah, he just does that. He was just sort of born that way, <laughs> born evil. Uh, his goal in the first few movies is to kill everyone in his family, right? Mm -hmm. And he hasn't really stopped right. since Jamie Lee Curtis hasn't died, not once. True. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he hasn't really stopped Unless you count the the newest movie, Halloween Ends, which yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but I don't know if anybody who wanted to watch Halloween Ends hasn't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, Michael dies and is thrown into like a an industrial size trash compactor, which like tears him up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. This is about as done as he's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, he's never been able to kill Jamie Lee Curtis, and good for her. She, good for her. She's like the most iconic girl power, iconic final girl at this point. Yeah, and um, she's also the first. And that's so. Halloween is my favorite mm -hmm. of the franchises here. Uh, I watched the first Halloween movie when I was like twelve, and it was one of the first things that really made me fall in love with horror movies generally. Uh, you know that my big. Uh, tradition every Halloween is to watch the original Halloween yep. on Halloween Day. Um, it it's established a lot of everything that came after it. Both Freddy and Jason, who are the next two big like slasher villains, are based heavily on the standard that Michael Myers set, and because of that, he is sort of seen as the paragon of this sort of trope while also the most basic form of it and has yeah. been criticized for just sort of doing the same thing over and over again, whereas some of the other ones have a little more variability. Well, but, if it ain't broke. Well, right, and he's, he established a lot of things that the other ones are based on. So He's he's so simplistic. Yes. He's, he's always just kind of had that jumpsuit and the mask. Yes. And uh, whatever's at hand. Now, I, I will admit, as a Halloween fan, most of our movies are trash. Like, <laughs> Halloween is really good. I'll jump across <laughs> this table. It's probably the worst one. Um, Halloween is good. Halloween 2 is good. I'll defend Halloween 4. It's not as good as those other two, but I'll defend <laughs> it. Um, and this latest trilogy, especially the first one, I was impressed with. Pretty much all those in the middle... Not gonna lie, it's it rough out here. <laughs> uh, I understand that there's like 
several continuities at this point. Yes. So that's like been retconned and stuff. Yes. The only the only movie that exists in every version is the very first one. And there have been like I think four branches now off of where the first one starts things. The latest one is the trilogy that just ended this past year. And I would argue on the whole it's the best one. But that throws out Halloween 2, which is my favorite after the original. So it gets dicey when you start talking about which timeline you subscribe to. Right. Do you like the Rob Zombie ones? Eh. I've never seen them. I I appreciate them. I, I, I like them as Rob Zombie movies. You know. Okay, yeah. I don't know if... So, like, gritty and ultra-violent? Right. I don't know if I like them as Halloween movies, because at that point, you're sort of getting away from... Well, it's sort of like what I said about Freddy Krueger earlier. Yeah. You're getting away from the story element, and it's more about the grittiness and the effects, which is fine, but not what I came to a Halloween movie for. Like, that's sure. what I come to a Freddy Krueger movie for, not f- Halloween. That makes sense. Um, so. his abilities. He has seemingly unlimited stamina. Mm-hmm. Like he he does not stop pursuing someone. Mm-hmm. Um, he is sort of immortal, for all intents and purposes, because yeah. he's just so evil. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, like there have been attempts to explain why he's unstoppable. And they didn't work, so everybody was just like, okay, he's just that bad. (laughs) (laughs) He's just not a good guy. Uh, He has weapon versatility, Mm -hmm. but mostly it's knives and stuff, right? Uh, And he's sneaky. Yes, he is. He's very, he's completely silent. Right. And He's called The Shape. The Shape is such a cool name. It is. And they call him that because despite the fact that he's like this big lumbering guy, he's very good at blending into crowds and getting around without people like being on top of him the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, his kill count, counting all the movies, mm-hmm. all the timelines, is about 160. Yeah. Um, which is a lot. Well, to be fair, he's the first one. He's yeah. had the longest to get up on people. He's he's had 12 movies. Yeah. Um, his weaknesses, uh, he doesn't have many. I'll say that. Um, he usually stops killing when his mask is removed. Right. That's that's one thing. Uh, he only kills around Halloween. So the rest of the year, you're fine. Uh, and he usually only goes after family. Right. Uh, and anyone in his way. So one of the big questions as far as the which timeline do you subscribe to is, is the girl that he's going after in every movie portrayed by Jamie Lee Curtis, is she his sister or not? Because there have been timelines that say yes, and that's why he goes after her. And there have been timelines that say no, he's just nuts, and she was the first person that he saw. Um, Interesting. So, like, Halloween 2, she nothing is said about that in the original. In the original, he's just a slasher who comes home because home is where he remembers. Home is where the heart is. <laughs> Aw, um, live, laugh, love. And starts killing people. Um, and in the second movie, the big twist is... She's his sister, and that's why he targets her specifically. Okay. That has more or less carried through all the timelines until this latest one where they retconned that out and said, no, they're just, like, established rivals. Mm -hmm. Not related, but 
since she's the one that got away, he comes back to get her. Okay. Would, would you be comfortable with a rival who only shows up in town one day a year and tries to kill you? If it wasn't Michael Myers, sure. <laughs> <laughs> However, comma, he is <laughs> he is big and very hard to get rid of. What if it was like Newt Gingrich? Do yeah, you think okay, he could yeah, survive? Okay. I could do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay. So up against Michael is something that I have just discovered. Like I, I knew about this movie before, yeah. but um, it's the entity from It Follows. Uh, it's only been in one movie, but it's a good movie. Mm. Like it's so suspenseful. I was very pleasantly surprised because it was one of those that I watched for the first time and was expecting like, Okay, this is going to be a run of the mill kind of thing. I was right. very surprised by how well it was done. Yeah. Um, its height ranges from little boy, so like around five feet, to seven foot seven, <laughs> which. Cool. <laughs> that is a full foot and two inches taller than me. And I don't know if I could handle seeing something that tall. <laughs> I, I am, I've seen somebody who's 6'10. And that's weird for me. Yeah. But someone who is nine inches taller than that, I might pass away. <laughs> he doesn't even have to get me. I'm out right there. <laughs> if he was looming behind me <laughs> and I'm almost touching the doorway and he has to dramatically duck to get in. Yeah. Oh, I'm done. So have you seen It Follows? Yeah. Yeah, I just watched so, it the other day. So the scene where he is 7'7", his face is also, like, super contorted, and yeah. he has no eyes. Yeah. He doesn't even have to get me. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Uh, the No one really knows what the entity, as it's called, is yeah. when it started or where it came from. The only thing that the movie explains is that uh, it's the worst STD known to yep. man. Um the entity is spread through sexual intercourse, so if someone is able to pass it on to someone else, the entity will stop following them right. unless it kills the person that they passed it to without that person having passed it. So right. it'll work its way back. Um, its abilities include shape changing. It can look like anybody. Mm. Somebody you know, somebody random, the tallest man I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it's got unlimited stamina, like Michael. It won't stop following you, but at a at a very slow pace. Right. Um, and, you know, normal demon stuff. Uh, it makes some weird noises and jumps on some folks. Mm -hmm. It only has a, count, a kill count of two on screen, mm -hmm. but we're led to believe that this thing has been around for a very long time yeah. and most likely has killed a lot more people. Right. Um, its weaknesses... <sighs> In, in the final moments of the movie, the kids who it's following might have killed it. Um, it's left ambiguous on yeah. purpose as to whether they beat it or not. They shoot it with a gun, just like a normal gun, um, and it falls into a pool, and the girl who it is following, the only person who can see it, um, sees that the pool is now filled with blood, and nobody else can see that. So... We're sort of led to believe. I think they also electrocute it at some point in that process, don't they? They try to. That's right. They try to do that, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work because uh, it doesn't want to get in the pool. Right. 
Um, it's not dumb. It isn't dumb. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, gunshots can slow it down for a second yep. before it gets back up and starts pursuing again. Um, so the scenario. Michael is pursuing someone who is also being pursued by the entity. They've gotten this curse and they need to pass it on. But also they're in, <laughs> <laughs> they're in Haddonfield, Illinois. Oh man. And, and it's Halloween. Yay, you know who's coming. What kind of timing is that? <laughs> um <laughs> we have discussed this earlier and it sort of seems like the entity would win, but only because it's this unknowable demonic force. Right. I guess. They're they're very similar in that they don't rush. No. Like they're very calculated. They're very slow. And they're both like walking pace speed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. Like you can get away from them if you're fast and smart enough, but also you can't really slow them down. Nope. Like you can sort of slow them down for a little bit. But they're just going to keep coming unless you find a way to escape. I think the the easiest pursuant would be the entity because yeah. you can always just get rid of it. Right. Um, you can't get rid of Michael. Once Michael targets you, you're done. Yeah. Unless he, you can somehow get out of Illinois. He will follow you to the ends of the earth yeah. if need be very slowly. <laughs> he... He does, but he's always behind you. He does drive in the original. Yes. So he could get in a car and follow you. Yes. But his his base is Haddonfield. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know. I My gut says Michael, but I don't know if he could kill this thing. Right. And I don't know how he would see it either. Right. That's the other thing. I'm thinking... I'm thinking it's Michael... Not just because I'm biased, although I'll acknowledge my bias. Yeah. I think that this is a case where they're basically the same. I'd say that's fair. And Michael is the more established. He's the one that we know is more successful. He knows Haddonfield, which is a big deal. Yeah. He's a lot more, you know, not saying that. The entity hasn't ever gone through Haddonfield before. I want to give it the respect that it's due, so it doesn't like rip me in half. But um, I'm giving I'm giving Michael just a wee bit of preference here, yeah, because of home court advantage. Yes. Um, also, there there's no reason why Michael would come in contact with the, with this thing mm-hmm. because you know. He's not right. going to be intimate with anybody. Right. Well, and the thing about it is if if the the entity is going to follow the person that it's supposed to follow, like it's it's sort of robotic in that it just performs the function mm-hmm. of following that person. Michael has free choice. Michael yeah. knows, like he can respond to situations. And if he can somehow sense that that thing is in Haddonfield, and is going to step in on his ability to kill people in Haddonfield, yeah. which is his whole goal, I think he is more inclined to go after it before it can turn on him than it would be. I, th- I think that's the safe call. And people in the movie were able to sort of see where the entity was by, like, throwing a blanket on it. Right. Um, and I, I think he could figure out something like that, like paint or mm-hmm. something. 
I'm giving him. I'm giving him just a little bit of preference for home court advantage and for adaptability. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's Michael. Yeah. So that Let's means go. that we have one, two classics, uh, two originals, three originals with Michael. It's three to two now. Three to two classic. Now this one's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Save the best for last. We did. <laughs> Uh, coming in at a whopping six foot five, uh, this guy is huge. Um, he has been in twelve movies. Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. He's fought Freddy Krueger and won ostensibly. Mm-hmm. He killed way more people in the movie than Freddy did. Yeah. Um, Jason started out as a hydrocephalic child, uh, so he was already working with disadvantages in life. Uh, when camp counselors were too busy getting busy to watch him, he drowned, leading his mother to go on a killing spree, Mm -hmm. the first Friday the 13th movie. Uh, After she died, Jason was reborn out of the water, and he started following in Mommy's footsteps. Uh, He's a seemingly unkillable Hulk with his famous hockey mask and whatever weapon is available, although he, he does prefer the machete. Uh, he's been to exotic places like space and hell and the Bronx. <laughs> uh, what a triad. <laughs> um, so his abilities. He's one of those ones that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is always present if, if he's chasing you. Yeah. Uh, he's big. He's a big dude. He's super strong. Mm. Like, he can lift cars and stuff. And... <laughs> And when he's, like, the super powerful Jason, Mm. uh, he can do even more. Um, And he's also a weapons expert. He's very versatile with the things that he chooses to use to dispatch (laughs) teenagers. Right. Um, His kill count, even though he was after Michael, he's got 170-plus. I think it's, like, 176 Mm -hmm. um, in all of his movies. His weaknesses... In his first appearance, he was able to be tricked into thinking that one of the teenagers was his mother. Um, he's not hes not all there, mm-hmm. I guess, is the thing. Um, and so he can be tricked into thinking that someone is his mother and he won't hurt them. Right. Um, he's also been shown to be afraid of water, but I think that was very situational. Mm-hmm. Um, he has killed people from the water before. Uh, that was... That was largely a meta thing where they were like, okay, Freddy's afraid of fire. We need to give Jason something like that. Yeah. And so they used water. Which, they did. Eh, you can go either way on that. It makes sense. Yeah. But he was also under the water for right. a very long time. Well, and like his first kill is him jumping out of a lake and drowning someone. Well, he didn't kill her. Well, yeah. But, it was, you know, that's the iconic shot yeah. from the first one is that he jumps out. There's this like, like she thinks she's okay. And then this icky corpse man <laughs> that's what they call me what in high i school. will now be referring to jason as exclusively <laughs> icky corpse man jumps out of the water tries to drown her and then she wakes up and she's like oh no he's still out there that was originally just meant to be a dream yeah like they weren't gonna go further with the character at all but then they said we need money and yeah. so <laughs> they did 12 movies um he, so yeah not a lot can stop jason he he's this daunting terrifying figure most of the time mm-hmm. but in some of the sequels he's like 
tearing his way through New York. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not that scary. I've seen analyses before where Jason has been compared to the Hulk from Marvel. Mm-hmm. But rather than so Hulk's whole thing is like he's actively angry. Like yeah. Hulk smash. He's going to come after you if he is angry at sure. you. Sure. Jason is like a like simmering anger. Like he's not going to go after you full force with everything he's got. Unless he can, you really provoke him. Unless you really well, he's like Hulk in that he's not all there. Like he uses his strength more than he uses his mind for right. sure. But he's not as impulsive about it. He still gives it some thought and tries to come up with a way that will beat you. Um and he's very focused on, as you said, tool and weapon reuse. And that makes him even scarier. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I think in the reboot in like 09, he was like a survivalist kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like he was setting traps in the woods yeah. for the kids, which is crazy. Like I would be scared of him, just him. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to worry about bear traps. Forget the demonic half. I just don't want to get my leg taken off <laughs> yeah. by a r- weird big man in the woods. <laughs> Okay, his opponent. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of people haven't heard of him. Yeah. Um, he is a very recent development in the horror movie world, coming in at six foot two, but probably like 120 pounds. <laughs> is Art the Clown from the Terrifier franchise and also Yeesh. some other stuff? Um, we watched Terrifier together uh, for Bad Movie Night, mm-hmm. and we Three years ago. thought. We thought that this would be a bad movie, uh, like cheesy yeah. and fun to watch and make fun of. It was a good movie. Like, it was actually very well done, but also. <laughs> but also, uh, no one really knows where Art the Clown came from. He's probably the creepiest clown in the clown market today. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say. Uh, sporting his iconic white and black clown makeup and his garbage bag full of delightful tools. Oh, yeah. Great uh, stuff. <laughs> he is responsible for some of the most gruesome on-screen kills of probably ever. Legitimate content warning. Do not look up Art the Clown or the Terrifier if you have a weak stomach. Yes. Uh, the Terrifier 2 caused people to leave the theater and be sick. And we also watched the Terrifier 2 together and understood and empathized yes. with those people yeah. who chose to walk out because oh my goodness we didn't throw up but we were <laughs> we were both it was our, my skin was crawling yeah definitely yeah uh art also is one of the only killers like chucky to have a sidekick hooray uh, yay she's the ghost maybe of one of his victims and she helps her out helps him out with uh his business um, we didn't know her name. She didn't really have a name, so we called her Robin since she's sort of a sidekick. She's <laughs> to, a Robin to his Batman. Yeah, to his Batman. Um, the garbage bag that I was talking about mm-hmm. earlier, uh, Art carries around this black plastic garbage bag full of implements of destruction, um, which he uses to great effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like troublingly great effect. Troublingly great effect. He... Uh, if you don't want to listen to this part, that's fine. Um, you can just maybe skip, skip ahead. 30, maybe skip 40 ahead. Seconds. Uh, he cuts a lady in half down the middle. 
It's and not great. It's not. It, and, and the movie shows all of it. The prosthetic team. Honestly, okay. So on the, the this, crazy thing this about movies. these movies is that most of it is practical. Yeah. Like they use a little bit of special effects. Just dabs. At, just dabs in places. Most of it is practical and makes it so much harder to watch. <laughs> it's, so, it's so gruesome and they worked so hard on it. And you can tell that yes. they really cared about this project. Yes. Um, the bedroom scene. Oh, man. <laughs> that was vile. It was. Uh, that's in that's in number two. If if you are into horror movies with a lot of gore, a lot of torture, stuff like that, then this is your movie. Yes, and you'll, it's, it's, you'll love it. It's one of the rare ones recently that also actually has good writing to back it up. I think uh, not it's, stellar. It's like, not stellar. It's, it's not on the level of most of the. It's meant to be campy, right? It's not meant to be an Oscar-winning right. film. It's just meant for, like, fun between horror-loving right. people. At the same time, it's better than average, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so, Art's abilities, he's a real creep. Uh, he's a creepy guy. <laughs> if I saw him, I would book it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Genuinely unsettling. He is a fan of the ultraviolence. Yes. Um, it's 100%. Like, he hams it up. Yes, it's he does. Thing. And he's doing it like a clown. Yes. And the other thing is he never speaks or makes any kind of no. sound, just like Jason. Now, Robin speaks, Robin, but Robin has voice mimicry. Yeah. It can sound like whoever she wants she to sound She can lure like. people into traps. But Art is so much worse because he is absolutely silent. He's absolutely silent, and he's smiling pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Like a clown. Like he enjoys it. Yes. Oh, he loves it. Um, and there's another ability that he has... Um, I'm, I'm letting you take this one. If you want to talk about this one, this was the worst part of either movie. There's so again, skip ahead about a minute. Yeah, if you don't want to, here you go. Also, spoilers for take for it movie, away, Chuck. For Terrifier Two, um, at the end, Art dies. Um, he is killed by uh, a woman with some sort of holy sword of some sort. And there's an after credit scene with a woman who he had attacked previously, who is in a mental asylum because she was driven crazy. She's the one that got away from the first one. Yes. Um, and she was not pregnant when the scene began, but as it goes on, it's increasingly clear that she is. And then she gives birth off screen. And instead of a baby, it is Art's head, which is winking and smiling. Um, and Art's head was cut off at the end of the movie, which which was what killed him. But Robin took the head and, like, scampered off to do whatever whatever she does. And then he's back, but he's just a head. Um, so he obviously have some has some sort of demonic abilities mm-hmm. that he's made some sort of a pact with hell or something. Well, Robin is never given a name, but in the subtitles, it calls her like the demon. Mm-hmm. So it's implied that Art himself is not demonic, but he has Robin and he has a lot of powers that are semi-demonic. So um, it's vile. Is yeah, what it is. It's, yeah. it's disgusting. Um, in his combined um, movies, he has about 26 kills, mm-hmm. but 
they are so they're gruesome. The worst that you've ever seen. <laughs> they're so gruesome. Um, putting some other people on this list to shame. Yeah. <laughs> Jason has killed a lot of people, mm. but he's never gone as far right. as Art has, I don't think. Right. Like, he'll just put a machete through you and is done. Yeah. Art and thinks about it, <laughs> and he thinks about it a weird amount. <laughs> he likes it. He really enjoys his work. Um, weaknesses for Art, uh, the usual stuff. Uh, he can be shot, stabbed, slowed down, but he he's never really truly incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that holy sword that the girl uses to kill him, but it doesn't really truly kill right. him. He's He'll not out of eventually. business. Yeah. Um, and I think he has some sort of dream manipulation too. Yeah. Like he can he can come into your subconscious and affect you. At least like visions and stuff. Yeah. He's, it's just truly baffling. Yeah. <laughs> Art is. Um, so the scenario that I've set up, Art and Robin are taking a well-earned vacation sure. at a camp. Sure. <laughs> with a lake. They've been working hard. Uh, and oh, can't put. Oh, well, I wonder <laughs> <laughs> where they have chosen. <laughs> and Jason notices that there are some people that he doesn't want at his camp. At his camp, so, so like he goes. Anyone. Yeah, so he goes <laughs> to investigate, and violence ensues. I'm tempted to say that Jason wins this just because he's been around for so long. He's so huge, and he can't die. So. So here's the question that decides it for me, right? Can Jason craft and use some sort of weapon like the holy sword that can get rid of art? I don't I don't think so unless he just like stumbles so onto it. That's what I'm saying. Like it takes the people in the Terrifier series two whole movies to come up with anything that can even do something like that to art and it doesn't permanently kill him. No, it doesn't. So I'm saying because of that I'm going to give it to Art. Art also has Robin. That's true. Um, and it's never really... I, well, I don't know if a demonic power source has ever been used against Jason. Well, but it, it doesn't have to be demonic, right? She can mimic voices. She can become Jason's mom. Oh, and if Jason's yeah. Jason's mom says, stop, that, that pretty much ends it for me. And then Art's free to do what he wants. That's true. All right. I guess you're right. I think it is art. So that's... Unfortunately, I'm going to give my man a dub. That's 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's actually pretty balanced. Yeah. Um, wow. It has been an, an, hour, adventure. an hour and 20 minutes. That Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. I'm happy uh, to. <laughs> and I really hope that people like this episode, even though it's about like twice the length of a normal episode. Yeah, but you get twice as much goof. That's true. Because, you know. Yeah. I, I don't usually put this much goof into the episodes, but uh, with an improv sort of feel, I can, <laughs> I can put more goof into it. Um, next week's podcast will either be very different from this or very much the same, depending on what you choose to do yeah uh well i hope you enjoyed it and i hope that this has brought a little bit of 
information and entertainment into your week. We were really more aiming for that one, the yeah. entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Like, sure, here's some stats. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hope that you have a great week coming up. So, until then. God bless you all. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're... Yeah. It's whatever. Fine. I hate when you do that. <laughs> Undermine me. <laughs>